0: This is Required Watching, where we watch the essential films from lists of cinematic influencers and look at them through the lens of learning about filmmaking and how to move forward. I'm your host, Trey Epps, and this movie was directed by Ben Affleck and written by Alex Convery. This was starring uh Matt Damon, Jason Bateman, Ben Affleck, Chris Messina, Chris Tucker, Viola Davis, Marlon Rands. This This movie follows the history of the shoe salesman Sonny Vicaro and how he led Nike in the pursuit of the greatest athlete in the history of basketball, Michael Jordan. This is Air. You asked me what I do here. This is what I do. I find you players and I feel it this time. Yeah, okay, it's risky. When you were selling sneakers out of the back of your Plymouth, that was risky. Don't change that now. For a rookie yes, who's never set foot on an NBA court. That's the literal definition of rookie. Yeah. What's the plan? we build a shoe line around just him i need the greatest basketball shoe that's ever been made who's the player michael jordan all right so here's the thing i wanted to watch this film air because i actually read the script it was on the blacklist i believe uh most in the last couple of years the blacklist is a very famous list of uh popular scripts popular unproduced scripts in the industry and this was on them on it and I read it and I thought it was super interesting, a super interesting read. Um, I personally love biographies. I love biopics. I love what I love memoirs. I love knowing about people's lives. Um, having read Phil Knight's book a few years ago, Nike has kind of always been on my mind. Um, so it interested me in having this film tell the story of, of how we got Jordan's. It's it's something that's quote unquote the culture. Period. Like it's it's like sneaker culture is a thing because of Jordans. Period. Um, and it's it started so much, and I feel like it's important to important to understand, kind of understand and see how the story would be would be told. And I think um, I'm sure this will be taken down almost immediately. But if you like to read the script for air, um. I've got a link. So check it out and tell me what you think. <laughs> but anyway, um, I heard someone say, <laughs> I heard someone say, there's always a biopic about the marketing executives, like the most boring people in the world. That's me paraphrasing. But I think it's funny. Um, I think marketing executives really don't get as much credit. And I don't know if someone's going to say, mad, mad, mad men. But, but marketing executives do not get nearly enough credit as they deserve. And yet, um, when we make movies about them, they get shunned and uh they should they should um because i I, you know listen i i may be under the impression i think everyone has an interesting story maybe not so innately but if we dramatize it a bit there's something really truly there and yeah um i was also curious just to see matt damon and ben affleck team up again um it's been a long time since goodwill hunting which is on the list i think for june june or july it's on the list so um We'll be seeing them again very very shortly but i thought it was really interesting to i don't know man it's something about seeing those two together even when like casey affleck is in, is in the mix i think it's really interesting um because i think it's something about their them knowing each other for so long that kind of just reads on the screen even if they're playing adversaries even if they're playing people who are you know have conflict and tension in a particular scene it always feels like it always feels like there's some sort of Comforts between the actors I allow them to kind of push each other in and make those choices. Um, you know, this is a very talky movie, so there's no big battles being won, but you get the idea. Um, after I thought the after I saw the movie again, I kind of uh, before I saw the movie, I kind of questioned what this movie was going to be like. I told friends who hadn't read the script that I just didn't understand why this was being made into a movie. I didn't understand what was going on. I think it made a it made a really interesting read. But, I don't know if I understood why it was becoming a movie because nothing happens right like this again, this movie is all talking. nothing happens in this movie that is big action, nothing happens in this movie that is anything more than people talking to other people to make a decision about this make a decision about that someone disagrees so the next scene we move on, and suddenly we're at the end like and that's I think that's a really fair assessment of what happens but after seeing it the movie was actually really tense and played really really well by the actors which was always going to be the case um and i think that's just it i think this was a film that was meant to be that was always going to live or die on execution and we all know those films where you're like if something else changed you know if this actor wasn't here or something like that uh, uh this movie would be different um and, and i think that's the case i think i think I think uh the direction was really really good like it was it had to be fast paced it had to be had, had to carry this Aaron Sorkin intensity with the dialogue and urgency with what was going on because otherwise it's Matt Damon you know having an existential crisis about about his job and then making a plan that people along the way say no to and yet he wins um it's so all like slice of life stuff but again it's all about execution and 100% about the performances. I like to think that the black excellence in this film is all over the place. Viola Davis, always a winner. Marlon Wayans and Chris Tucker did so well. And Marlon Wayans I think is only in like one or two scenes. But I don't think we give you know these two actors who are known for comedy a chance to really shine in drama. Um, and yet I think they did a fantastic job. I think Chris Tucker in particular actually did a really, really, really good job of becoming uh i forget the character's name but becoming this character he put on the accent did all this stuff and again we don't see him like this and i think it's worth noting and worth giving the guy his flowers for for um for stretching and 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 stretching from what we've seen anyway um and really really put in beans for for making this this character work uh but yeah like bateman and damon and like all these guys are really really good at their flustered white guyness, uh but it's always great to see these people um it's always great to see like the other the other side of it which it just happens to me the other characters who are, who are black and um really really see them give something a bit different and a bit nuanced and i, and I do think it was i i, don't know, I think that's true um I again by reading the script, I knew that we were never going to see Michael Jordan. Um, and it was a it's been a hot topic since the release of the film, and I am fine with that. I'm fine with not seeing Mike Michael Jordan, mainly because this is not Michael Jordan's story, and I think that's a shame. I think it's a shame from a writing point of view that we're not. We get a lot of talk about what's going to happen with these sneakers, and in the film, we're even shown some some things in the future. Um. Um. But I I was really left wondering about do we care about this history or could there have been more? Could we have shifted the timeline or compressed this a bit more, to show Michael Jordan, um. Getting fined, we, like what happened when he was getting fined? I feel like that is a little bit more exciting. Watching him play basketball, getting fined, he can't wear the shoes. Um um seeing how how people have taken the shoes and in line for these shoes and even you know seeing how like the sneaker culture really really got started and maybe that maybe i i I think and i know that that's a completely different story than what this was but i think that's a more intriguing and more actionable story than what this was um say for you know the like the budget of, of the film that i'm pitching is very very different but I think that it becomes a little bit more all-encompassing. And while Michael Jordan had very little to do with this film, besides requesting Viola Davis to play his mom, um, listen, Michael Jordan's an actor, man. I would have taken de-aged Michael Jordan any day. Any day. Um, um, But listen, am I I completely wrong? Uh, Have you seen this film? Does what I'm saying make sense? And would you have would you have liked to see a bit of a change and a shift in perspectives from these marketing executives to maybe something a bit more further down the line? Um, uh, but let's go into, let's go into some fun facts. Like I said, Michael Jordan was not a part of this film really, but he kind of said that he wanted Viola Davis to, uh, to be his mom and that he, his only other request is that his friend Howard White be included in the film. And of course, Ben Affleck uh, always wanted to work with, with with Chris Tucker, so he cast him as White, um, and that was probably the only thing that I think is actually different from off the top of my head, different from the from the script and in the movie. Uh, one of the only things, anyway. Um, uh, Peter Moore, who played Matthew he- uh, Mahar, the original designer of the Air Jordan, uh, the ball with the wings logo and the famous silhouette of Michael Jordan, died. In April 2022, just three weeks before filming began, he actually left Nike in 1987 to join rival Adidas, where he stayed until 1998, where he redesigned the Adidas logo to its current version. Um, Viola Davis and Justin Tin- Tinian, who play Michael jo- sorry, Viola Davis and Julius Tenen, who play Michael Jordan's parents, are married in real life. There you go. Um, despite being antagonistic toward Sonny Vaccaro in the film, in reality, David Falk, played by Christopher Messina, was, one of, uh, was the one who convinced Michael Jordan to accept the meeting with Nike. There's been much historical debate about who came up with the, with the phrase Air Jordan name. Um, the filmmakers decided to handle the matter as delicately as possible, portraying that David Falk and Peter Moore each came up with the name separately by sheer coincidence one oh no no one more. <laughs> um let's see scene sealers uh scene sealers of this movie are all of the black people that's just not a joke i, I think i think everyone put their foot in it in this film um period not, not a joke just true check out the film tell me i'm wrong tell me i'll wait um in terms of how we could have made this better here is a joke what if we get at the end of the film we get a shot of a little black kid getting Getting uh, Air Jordans for Christmas, you know. Maybe they're the ones. Maybe they're maybe they're another variety, whatever it is. And and as he opens it up, kind of like Pulp Fiction, the, the light shines in his face. Right, I keep maybe don't even see the shoes, just the light in his face. And this little boy, like, what's happening? Well, what, you know, oh man, these are the best things in my life. These are the shoes of my hero. That's what he's thinking. And then from off screen, you know, because it's gonna be a Black Mama for sure. I go, LeBron, get over here. And like, it's LeBron James. We learned that it's LeBron James. <laughs> if that doesn't make the movie better, I don't know what does. Again, complete joke. Anyways, is this required? Man, I I'm gonna I'm gonna say maybe. No. Yes. I'm gonna say yes. Here's why. If you go again in the description and find the link of this script. And again, I, can't, I feel like this may be illegal, so who knows if it's actually gonna happen or not. But if you find the link of this script, I'll, you can read how this person who you know, had the most, one of the most popular unproduced scripts got all the people needed to be involved. someone who has not written a thing before, according to IMDb, um, has gotten all the people involved to make this film and and just the different changes that met, uh, that that uh, that happened between you know Ben Affleck's direction, I think it's really really interesting to see where it started and where it ended. Truly, something that was, yeah, something that was, not in all its purposes, a rough draft of something until where we got at the end of the film. Um, I think it's very rare that you get to see that. I mean, yeah, you get to see it with really, really big Hollywood movies, but I, I do think this is a, technically a smaller movie. Um, I, I don't know what the budget was or anything like that, but yeah, this guy just wrote a film. He didn't have people attached, and I'm pretty sure he didn't have any, any, if many, connections. And he, A couple of years later, he has a movie showing on in theaters and on the streaming. So I think that should give you a bit of hope to know where things can go as a filmmaker, and hopefully that does. Anyways, um, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Do me a, a big favor and uh, and subscribe and 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 share this because it's uh, it's great. It's great doing this for you guys and doing it for me, and uh, I want to keep doing it. So do those two things, and we can continue the party. Until next time, required watching is a film club. So uh, peace. Back to teenagers working at the Janus movie theater in Boston, Harvard Square. Some research I see What what did you guys know about like Jordans as statement pieces back then? I mean, I remember when the the Jordans came out. In fact, I saw, I was researching for the movie, I looked back at pictures of us, I saw a picture of my brother, first year they came out. Wow. And and so we were definitely like into shoes. I remember wearing the Adidas and how big that was in the Sheltos and then it became all about Nike and Jordans. And I feel like Boston at the time was more Adidas than New Balance Town, is that fair to say? Well, everything like, like when that age it was like Run D M C and all that. It was very you know like the the fat laces. Yes. And the, That's yeah. True strange, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like Pumas, of pool course. Pool. Who oh. were you? Dancing, I had maroon, oh, I, I t- had t- had maroon Pumas Ooh. with the gray. Yes, Puma like yeah Yes, yeah. Like, you know. All, all, all the New York guys yeah. would come down and take all the girls down south. I'm right? <laughs> from Atlanta because they had the fat shoestrings and then they never knew how to break breakdance and talk like this. yeah <laughs> it's country, you country. Puma Suede's Puma classics. Everyone was breakdancing in them. That was a culture. And then Chris, what it was the Jordan boom like in Decatur? When it hit, if you can afford it, yeah. you know I had to work for my dad at a janitorial service. Two weeks, I get a three hundred dollars, and I spend half of it on Jordans because mm-hmm. it was about a hundred dollars back then. And you, the man, yeah. who's the man? You know, just make sure nobody step on them. You know, exactly. I mean, that was the thing. Like Two you years. wear, you go out, and buy these shoes. I mean, I guess it's more like that now. And I remember kids getting white out. From, if you remember yeah, what that yeah, is. Yeah. Uh, of used course. If you made a mistake with your pen, you get white out and put it, and putting it on their shoes. Like somebody scuffed your shoes, yeah. and you have to go home and white it out. Absolutely. And fight the person who scuffed Yeah, it. <laughs> oh yeah, it was on. <laughs>